Skeen is not certain his learning about Islam will aid him in identifying the murder of the Jewish girl. The manner of her torture and death claimed her father was the modus operandi of Arabs when they killed Jewish and other non-Muslim women. The next day, the horror of Islam comes closer to home. The body of a newspaper reporter from New York was found in a roaming house. He had been tortured, beheaded, and his hands amputated. When Skeen reads the story, he is both astonished and alarmed. As he makes progress in the investigation, he becomes certain that the person who murdered the Jewish girl also murdered the New York reporter. The methods of torture and death are virtually the same, Crudely printed, handwritten notes similar in lettering, in wording, and in illiteracy were left with the girl and the reporter. The horrors of Islam come even closer when, as he was leaving his office, he finds an Arab praying in the hallway. He saw a man in a blue suit on his hands and knees on a gray spread of cloth, bowing and muttering to himself, and performing other supplicating motions with his hands. Then he bowed completely and banged his head on the floor three times. His overcoat, shoes, and socks lay to the side of the cloth. What the hell? he thought at first. Then he realized what was happening and what the man was doing. What startled him were the red streaks on the side of the man's face he could see. He raced back down to his office, causing Clara to jump out of her chair. Dropping his briefcase on her desk, he rushed to his office, quickly unlocked a desk drawer, and took out a Colt revolver. Checking the cylinders and thumbing out the safety as he ran back out past an alarmed Clara, he saw that the man was still performing his ritual. The woman at the elevator frowned and spotted Skeen's revolver. She screamed. The man at the end of the hallway looked up to face Skeen, who had slowed to a quick walk, the Colt at his side, ready. The man's face was a swarthy tan and pockmarked. He had black hair, a black mustache, and black marble eyes. The eyes glared back at Skeen. His face also bore the scabs of many scratches on the cheeks and neck and around the eyes, evidence of recent wounds that were healing too slowly. Skeen raised the colt. Hands up, mister. Instead, the man rose to his full height and spat on the floor with contempt. His face wrinkled into one of unmistakable malice. He reached into his coat and drew out a blood-stained dagger. Raising it high in the air, he cried, Allahu Akbar, and charged Skeen, his bare feet slapping on the marble tile. Skeen fired and hit the man's left kneecap. The man cried once and instantly collapsed to the floor, but he raised himself to one knee and tried to hobble toward Skeen, his dagger raised again over his head. Skeen fired at the man's dagger wrist. The wrist jerked back, and the dagger flew out of his hand and landed in a clatter in front of the insurance office door. With his other hand, the man clasped his injured wrist, but he still tried to move toward Skeen, shouting indecipherable imprecations at the top of his lungs, staring up at Skeen with indescribable hatred. "'Oh, be quiet,' said Skeen, who thumbed on the safety, gripped the colt by the barrel, and pistol-whipped the man on his skull. The man's eyes closed, and he fell unconscious, his forehead striking the tile in front of him. White froth oozed from his lips.'